Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Talk A Good Game. Uh, we're here, uh, we've changed roles a little bit. I'm presenting it this week. Uh, I'm here with Fergal Lynch. Hello, Fergal. How are you, Jimmy? Yeah, it's good to be sitting in this seat and uh, eagerly anticipating your questions. I was off for most of the week last week, so just Again? got back. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's my first week this year, but anyway. <laughs> uh, just got back in time for the game on Sunday, so... You were involved for most of the other stuff uh, that was going on, the hurling and, and that end of the stuff. So you're in the hot seat today, Jimmy. Yeah, Fergal, look at the, the game on Sunday. That's the uh, the big talking point. Uh, you, as, a, as you said there, you were you were down in Port Leash. Uh, what did you make of it, Fergal? It was a, a, brilliant, a brilliant game, Jimmy, for a start. Um, I heard people on, listening to the radio coming home and people were saying that it was definitely the championship game of the summer so far. Now, I had, I had watched Galway and Mayo the night before and I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was very entertaining. When you were looking at it at the time, looking at the Mead game in Port Leash at the time, it's probably hard to, to sit back and appreciate just how good of a game it was. Now, games can be good for many different reasons. Games can be good because skill levels are so high and everybody is executing everything to perfection. Um, now, the skill levels were high in the Mead Clare game, but not everything was executed to perfection. But that contributed to it being an exciting game. Mead made mistakes, turned over the ball a lot, lost possession, took some crazy decisions at times, but also showed remarkable resilience and uh, determination to put the, that dreadful disappointment against Dublin in the Leinster final, to put that behind them yeah. and come back. Uh, so it, it, it was a great game. It was a great occasion. Big crowd, sunny day in Port Leash, real championship football it went down to a point in the end. It was good. Yeah, well, what you talked about there, that's uh, the psychological effect of losing a provincial final. It's often been talked about. We saw Cavan, how they, you know, well, they couldn't make that leap, could they? You know, it was quite a, uh, a day, a humbling day for them. Mead certainly made that leap. Now, there were also added pressures of the fact that there were favourites, strong favourites to win that game and went into it. But, you know... Um, is this a sign that the, the mental strength of this Mead team combined is, is is getting better all the time? Or Yeah, well, I think we saw throughout the league that the mental strength has, has certainly improved this season as opposed to other seasons where we had nearly accepted our fate at certain stages in certain games over the last decade nearly you could look back on and say that all right, we've accepted our fate here. Whereas this year in the league against Kildare, against Armagh, and even at stages uh, against Donegal as well, when I know we, we surrendered leads in those games as well, but um, there were there were we've shown remarkable resolve to bounce back from adversity, and I think that was epitomised in the display down in Port Leash last Sunday, when it would have been so easy for the players to have gone back to their beds after the game against Dublin and curled up and died. But they crawled out of bed on Monday. Okay, some of them might have had a few hangovers on Monday morning after the Dublin game. And they certainly deserved to let their hair down after that performance because they put in a huge amount of effort and it was so demoralising for them leaving Crow Park. They had to forget about football yeah, for well, a night, yeah. which is what they did. Yeah, well, that was fair and, enough. And they yeah, regrouped and they went to Bettystown Beach. And you'll hear in, in the interview that I did after the game uh, with Finian Murta and Colin Nally, her 39 of the 40 panel, were on Bettystown Beach and that showed the management that the players were serious to bounce back from this that result. Yeah, okay. Well, I tell you what, let's let's play a, 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 some of that then, Fergal. Um, 
what Finian and Colm said about that. It's it, interesting insight into what, how a team, you know, bounce, tries to bounce back because obviously they did bounce back well. But h- how Mead dealt with this psychological issue of uh, re- recovering from a provincial yeah. losing a provincial final. I'll just give a bit of context to it, um, as probably it's 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 public knowledge at this stage that uh, Andy, the manager Andy McIntyre, just spoke to RT radio tv and news talk and lmfm and left the print media duties to his selector so after the game i caught up with finian murta the selector and coach column nally and as you said first question there was myself and donica boyle from the irish independent and one of the guys from sky sports that were interviewing um the two boys in the weights room in under the stand in port leash so yeah. the sound mightn't be great you mightn't hear the the questions too well in the background but it's the answers is what is what we're really interested in and to hear how the players reacted to that loss against Dublin and how they bounced back and the belief that the two boys and all the management, so the belief that Finn O'Murta and Colin Nally had in the boys and, and especially Colin Nally, you'll hear him in the interview talking about how he believes that this Mead team are technically proficient or equally as good as any other team in the country. But it's wow. just that's, that's upstairs, in. he says, is where it has to sink home. So Yeah, well, I, I, as, as I think Jack Nicholas said, it's the top six inches that really count in any sport. And uh, that's that's very encouraging. I'm sure a lot of Mead fans will, would be very encouraged to hear that. Yeah, well, you had your golf analogy there, Jimmy, and Colin Nally has a golf analogy in his Brilliant. as well. Brilliant, well, let's so, hear that. So we put that, here's the interview now with, with Finian Murta and Colin Nally. Just in case a job done, Finian, is it sort of? Yeah, job done. You know, we set a target beginning of the year to... Get promotion, get to the Lens final and get to, uh, the Super 8s. We've, you know, we've achieved that, you know, no matter what anyone thinks we've achieved that. And, and I think it's a huge credit to everyone, not just the players, everyone involved. It's a huge credit and uh, I'm absolutely thrilled, absolutely thrilled. I know we, we, we would say we made hard work with that game today, but uh, it's clear we're, clear we're standing in parts of that game today. The, some of the scores to kick were outstanding, outstanding and uh, we, we need to be at the pin of a guard to win that game. And, Lucky enough, we came out that way in the end. You're the first team this decade now beating Leinster finalists to come back and bounce back with a win. Yeah, but I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, Ron McCarthy last night saying that uh, the two weeks, two weeks makes an awful difference. We had to play last Sunday. I'd say that could have been, that could have been different. You know, it, it could have been different. But to get, to get the two weeks is a, is a, is a definitely a bonus for the for the provincial finalists, and uh, I think that helped us. You know. Just psychologically, though, how difficult was it to park that Dublin defeat, or did you take positive? It wasn't. It wasn't. We took, we took a huge amount of positive summers. Then we, you know, we've said and and I've seen a few fellas in, in in the media over the last couple of weeks saying that okay, fellas went to town on us, and maybe maybe we deserved it. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it was some of the some of the comments were harsh, but uh, we took a lot of positives on it. We were we were defensively, I thought we were brilliant. Our full back line was uh, outstanding. Conor McGill gave an absolutely outstanding performance that day. And uh, I think we held Dublin as well as any team have held Dublin over the last couple of years for, the, for that, that half an hour. And we, we kicked, well, we had 11 shots of goal, they had nine. So we took huge positives out of that. Okay, they were disappointed. Of course, we were disappointed. And, you know, uh, to kick four points is not, you know, as a forward line, you say, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't perform there today. So we took huge positives and we had to, had to move on. You know, Dublin, you know, Dublin arguably are probably the best, best team to ever play the game. The game, uh, the game so. You know, to, to, to hold them to, four, to five points was a huge achievement. Okay, we, we didn't, in the end, they, they ran over us, but uh, we took a lot of positive over. Did that, between the four points, the row, obviously, with the chronicle afterwards, like, does that, was it hard to re, 
was that a, was that an issue? In your the row, the row in the county line was nothing to do with us. That was nothing we had. That was that was that was that was nothing to do with us. That was a, an individual having a fight with another individual, and, and that was seriously that wasn't yeah. nothing to do with us. That, we, that, that wasn't even mentioned. To us. And what, like, was it hard to sell it to the players then? The listeners there was a lot of good things we did in that Leinster final, like you know the outstanding status of the four No, I don't think anyone, anyone, anyone is watching football. You know, anyone that has watched a lot of football, that has seen a lot of football over over the last number of years, see they could see they could see that they played well, and the, the players. The, uh, the players inside that dressing room are honest. They're honest with themselves. They'll know when they play badly, but they, they, they'll also accept that uh, some, some days, even though they play well, the, the results don't go that way. And I, I think the, the, they could see that they, they performed to, to a good degree that day, to a, to a certain extent, and uh, took that positive. Effort. We had to take the positive. We couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't feel sorry for ourselves. Couldn't feel sorry for ourselves because you know, yeah, feel sorry for yourself, you won't know her. So you had to get, get back on the horse and, and go again. That's what we did today. The last few minutes of the game there, I suppose there was a couple of maybe bad decisions made or maybe the game management wasn't great. Was that the pressure you were on? Was that just uh, the sign of desperation get over the line? Or, or? I'd, say, I'd say it was. I'd say it was. You know, we, we're getting so near. You know, the last couple of years, they bet by Tyrone last year and they've yeah. done it all the year before. You know, to, to get so near and be so close and, you know, and have it taken from us was, was cruel. And you, you probably could feel that there in the last five or ten minutes. But uh, I thought... Early on in the second half, I, I think we, we won the game early on in the second half. Okay, the goal, the goal kept him in the game, the goal, but uh, Mickey's goal then straight after that was excellent. You know, so that, that's kind of won the game for us, I think. No wide until, maybe this won't be recalled, no wide until the 46th minute or the 42nd minute maybe by my notes. And, um, you know, obviously that was a bit of an issue, a real issue against Dublin. Yeah, um, well, look, we've done a lot of work on it, as we have all year, trying to... Um, you know, improve our um, overall play and particularly attacking play. I think I think it's kind of disingenuous. I think to that group in there, like when we trained on Monday night after the um, Dublin defeat, with 39 players on the beach in recovery. So I mean, that sent a message out and clear to us as management that these lads are serious about it. And as Finn was saying, they're not stupid fellas. They knew, you know, to, to, there was a lovely analogy put to us, like um, if you put a golfing analogy on that performance, um, our putting was very poor, but the rest of our play was really, really good. You know, so I mean, like it wasn't hard to sell them. They're not stupid. They knew that, right? So what we did is we reinforced what we've been doing well all year, and then tried to improve on what we weren't doing well in that last match, which is obviously the scoring. We could see it out there today. There was lots of uh, fellas trying to make different runs. They were trying to put in place what we did in training. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But it is quite difficult to lift them um, in sort of to a, to a point. But um, like. That is tremendous. Like we can do all the things we want with them, but you don't know till the first 50-50 if these guys are going to be mentally affected or not by the Dublin match. You know, and we can we can we can address every issue and we try to address every issue, but we don't know until that whistle is blown. Like that was a proper championship match, proper atmosphere. Uh, Clare, a really decent team. Like they've been in um, they've been in the quarterfinals more recent than Mead have. You know, so people kind of are, are always taking league status. Where if you had a look at like I mean they've been. Um, Colin Collins with them four years, I think. Two and years ago, they were in the, in the Super 8. They were in the Super 8. So you're, you're not talking about any duds there. You're talking about a good, good team and um, you know, good championship team, good pedigree. So we, we knew we were having a test. But as I said, we didn't know until the first 50-50 ball to see where our fellows were going to be ready. And they were ready. And, and even that last few minutes when your back's against the wall showed the resilience and, and the grit that they have. But it takes a long time to build a team. You know, the guys are, are here with them three or four years and they're putting all these foundations. It takes a long time. You have knockbacks, you have bumps in the road, but the important thing is how do you bounce back? And any win against anybody the next day after that's going to be a massive positive. Does the psychology shift dramatically now? Because maybe you have to get over the hump at the final 
there's yeah. maybe a level of expectation there of now you're going to value buffet. I think they've lost massively, in 10 or 15 massively years. at this stage, right? You you put you put me out um, at this this current me team are physically and um, technically as good as any team around. It's the bit upstairs that's the difference, and you only get that through experience. And that's why we're tri- delighted to get to the Super Eights because we're going to get loads of experience now over the next um, four weeks, whether we like it or not. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting sorry, we're getting to, getting to the to Division One. We're going to be playing top teams next year, you know. And now for the next three weeks, next four weeks, we're going to be playing three of the top teams in the country. So that's where you want to be. That's where any manager wants to be, or any any backroom team wants to be. You want your team playing the best teams, and see how we go against the best teams. And we have that opportunity there. We played Dublin already this year, so then that that'll be a huge, huge learning curve for us. And please God, we able to rise to it. You know? Just a word on Shane Walsh. I think he finished his leaving a couple of weeks ago, did he? And he brought on and his first touch, more or less his first touch, was kicking free. And it was a pressure free. Well, anyone anyone that has seen me on the football over the last couple of years has realised that Shane Walsh is is a special talent, special talent. And uh, we've been dying to get him in, but he he was doing his uh, leaving yard this year and. Uh, we didn't go near him until after the leaving cert, and uh, he's come in, and uh, you can see him. Don't know the, the pressure kick, and he just knocked it over. He, he is a real talent, but he's one for the future. You know, he's one. Old Ethan Devine was outstanding. Brilliant, but isn't it a brilliant message to send out to the young players immediately? That if you go and you perform well for your club, and if you do your business, you're going to get a chance in this in this setup. I think that's so encouraging. Like I mean, I would have loved as a young player to have an avenue like that saying just if I do my business with the club and the underage teams yeah, I'm going to be I, I think I said that to you uh, uh, Fergal at uh, last tour's week the, at the press meeting uh, yeah. that over the last number of years the last, the last four or five years we've you know Meath have produced some very very good underage teams so they were in the Ireland final under 17 final last year and, and they're produced some great underage teams and we've seen the fruit of them there that they're with Ethan there and Shane Walsh and, and there's, there's numerous other lads there you know so it's it can only encourage them lads to play, you know, to, to, to play Kerry, to play Donegal, to play Mayo, you know, and, and the next year in Division One, that can only encourage them lads to come on and play. So, just a quick word on the injuries: is, is Mickey serious? He was limping. Any? No, he just got a bandage in the head, but he was limping. He got uh, the deep. He went into the post, did he? Dead leg, more so. Um, so again, the guys reckon it's just seasoned up on him um, very quickly. So, uh, but he should. He'd be grand. Would he be confident that he'll be back for Donegal next week? I'd say, well, yeah. James. James, uh, James uh, done, had a trouble with his ankle the last while, and he just flared up the other day. And we just didn't play him there today. And Ronan Ryan. Ronan Ryan, yeah. Ronan Ryan had a tweaky hamstrings last week as well, so we don't know where he'll be. You know, and the one thing that Callum said it that last last month of the week we went to the beach and there was 39, we had 39, 40 lads in the panel. There was 39 there. It's a huge credit to the to the, the medical staff with uh, the, the doctor Dr. McAlson and. Uh, Im Hogan and Mark Errity, the two physios, and Marky Regan. It's a huge credit to them that we had 39 lads available to train. You know, it's, you know, it's you're always going to get injuries, but uh, they get them back on the field as quick as they possibly can. It's, it's a great credit to them boys. But you go to Paddy Buffet now with a real bouncing step. Yeah, it's great. It's great now. Um, look, at this stage, both teams know each other quite well. Um, look. Everybody's putting them up as challengers to to Dublin at the minute, and everything they've shown to date is that they're progressing for that. Like I mean, likes of Donegal and Tyrone, they've always had the beauty of being able to kind of um, periodization 
periodized our uh, training to kind of cater for Super Rates. We couldn't. We had to take every game at a time. Our job now at this stage is going to be uh, manage the players from week to week, um, where they were kind of all set to peak around there. So it's going to be a really interesting test. But the, the big thing for us as coaches and, and as a group, as a unit for players, is we're going to learn so much about it. We're going to learn so much about ourselves. And it's where you want to be, and it's the only way you're going to improve. But it look, it's going to be an ultimate test up there so look we're looking forward to where you want to be and Mayo and Crow Park and I think the one even fans are already talking about is Kerry and Navin yeah. these really are the days to be playing football isn't it? well there'll be a lot of, lot of Kerry people living around, around Meads <laughs> and they'll be all coming out waving the, the green and gold flags so it'll be great it's, it's fantastic do you know, do you know it's, as I said it's fantastic for the county do you know, it's fantastic for the county and, but it's fantastic for the monopoly of them young lads who haven't experienced this over the last couple of years to get to get to the stage where they can play the top teams and I think that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge plus for me to football. And please God, we can uh, do ourselves justice over the next couple of weeks. We heard the uh, Finno and Colm there talking about the, giving some very revealing insights into how Mead reacted to the setback against Dublin. Uh, but now, but the fact is that they're in the uh, the Super 8s, you know, okay, they, they might not have played a perfect game on Sunday. They were under a lot of pressure near the end, but they held out. Um, so Donegal, Bally Buffet, you're going up to Bally Buffet um, uh, next week for Sunday, Fergal. Um, yeah, not, not long back from Donegal, Jimmy. I was in Donegal beautiful Donegal oh for, yeah your holidays yes holidays that's right there, yeah we were uh, <laughs> as we've already mentioned uh, beautiful spot beautiful, unbelievable part of the world really is stunning up there and we were in Ardran out to Mahara Beach and, and Naran Beach and Inishkeel Island and oh, it's an absolutely beautiful spot but I wasn't expecting to have to go back up for a third time this right. year and it's only July mid-July yeah uh, so, but uh, looking forward to going back up and like the Mead players and the rest of the Mead supporters and I do consider myself despite what some people might think. I do consider myself to be a Mead supporter as well. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to the trip to Bally Buffet with a, with a renewed bounce in my step and a, a little bit of confidence going up there. People are giving us no hope. You spoke about no. there just earlier before the interviews about how Mead had to wear the favourites tag against Clare. Yes, it's not but easy. It's not easy, but, but no expectations now. Yeah. Zero expectations going up to Donegal. Uh, zero expectations going to Crow Park a week later to face Mayo and absolutely no hope against Kerry uh, <laughs> against Kerry in Park Tulchin on the August Bank Holiday weekend but yeah. this is where we want to be Jimmy Yeah look we saw against Dublin how the, the, the mead forwards didn't click you know they were sending long balls into young Conlon there at one stage um, but um, you know they did click pretty well on Sunday uh, they just didn't take their chances, Fergal. They would have to, t- you know, they didn't take all their chances. Now they, they, they click very well and work well, but um, I mean that's something they will have to really tighten up on uh, going up to Donegal. Do you think? Yeah, well, no, they certainly didn't take all their chances. Um, but it, it was forty-five or forty-six minutes before they kicked their first wide of the game, which right. is a remarkable statistic when you consider. Uh, how poorly the forwards performed against Dublin. Yeah, it went to, 32 minutes, I think, without to, scoring. Yeah, didn't absolutely. And uh, but you know, within within 16 minutes, they had equaled the score they had gotten against Dublin, and within 20 minutes, they'd surpassed it. So it was definitely an improved attack and performance. But that Dublin attack and performance was the exception rather than the norm for Mead. Mead have consistently put up decent scores. They put up 115 in Crow Park against. A very strong defensive unit uh, in Donegal in the National League final. Point, you know, yeah, so led, led for most of that game. And led I think, for a know. good bit of that game yeah. off to a great start. So, uh, any thoughts or fears that the Mead attack 
weren't a potent force going into the Clare game on the basis of the Dublin game were probably a bit ridiculous. So, you know, and there was a lot of shite in the media, the national media I'm talking about, and by those uh, morons that are, tend to be... Easy, Fergal. Yeah, that tend <laughs> to be uh, hidden behind their stupid avatars and keyboards that are criticising and were downright insulting to players uh, after the game well, uh, against me, Dublin. Me players. Yeah, me yeah, players. some of it was disgusting. Some of the vitriol and, and, and abuse to players... Uh, who have families and have jobs to go to and, and have everyday lives to live. Is this uh, online, Fergal? Yeah, doing? yeah, yeah. Social media, Jimmy, is a mm. horrible place. We all know, and, and you were at the brunt of it, I suppose, last week as well over, over the incident after the game in Crow Park. But uh, we're not going to get into that here. But you know, some of the abuse players have to put up with it is just shocking. And uh, I really wonder how many of these people would come out and say it to their lads' faces. The same people were probably out dancing on the pitch in the Moor Park on Sunday. But look at... Mead came back from uh, a poor attacking display against Dublin and showed their true colours, really, against um, against Clare on Sunday. And those true colours are a mix of brilliant football, brilliant attacking, powerful, pacey football. And when Mead moved the ball at pace into an opposition's defence, they can really cut them apart. Mm. They also showed their true colours in a little bit of naivety in terms of poor shot selection, bad decision-making, um, Losing the ball in possession, a little, turned over a little bit easily at times where, you know, we had, seem to have a hold of the ball, you get crowded up by a player, then the ball spills. That, that happened quite a bit. Turnovers, yeah. Turnovers, yeah. And, and then Clare went down and got scores off. And now Clare, Clare manager Colin Collins after the game said that that's the best performance he's seen from Clare. It was an unbelievable performance. So Clare had to be at their very, very best. To stick, they, to stick with a Mead team that were bouncing back from a difficult Leinster final. They did miss chances too, Claire uh, Fergal. That, you know, that could have been very costly for Mead. Uh, they did miss chances. So that's, they that, did that, miss that's a warning as we looked at the Donegal game. I mean, uh, you they know. They did miss chances. And, and while we spoke about it, it took 45, 46 minutes before Mead had their first wide on the, on the board. Um, they only had four for the game. But in that spell before that, Mead had four or five efforts that dropped short. Shots of target that really should be going over the bar. Now, there was a slight breeze in Amour Park, which maybe wasn't as evident um, when you're looking at it in the heat of battle. But when you're down on the pitch and you felt the breeze blowing in your face, Mead were shooting into the town end goals um, <coughs> excuse me, early on and in the first half. And a couple of the shots dropped short and you're wondering, Geez, that's poor shooting or poor shot selection. But it probably wasn't poor shot selection. It was more of just misjudging the wind and that sort of thing. So a bit like they did against Dublin, they got the ball up into decent positions and just the final execution wasn't great. But in saying that, they still had goal chances. Porrick Harnan had a great yeah, goal chance. Near the he, end yeah, there. Yeah, he really should have yeah. rattled. And, and yeah. Andy, Andy spoke in... in uh, and the boys spoke as well afterwards. To, Andy spoke to LMFM afterwards saying that could have made life a hell of a lot easier in the last couple of minutes had that goal gone in so a one point margin of victory I think is not really a fair reflection on how comfortable Mead were I'm not saying they were comfortable but I'm saying that that they were they were better off than a one point win I think one point defeat is is flattering enough to clear I think Mead are definitely a three or four or five point better team than them do you think that we, we, we can progress from the Super 8s, Fergal? Have we, we, we three matches, uh, Donegal, Mayo and Crow Park and then Kerry here in, in Park Talton. 
uh, what's what your, you, Jimmy? I'm the eternal optimist. Yeah, eternal optimist. Said that, <laughs> that would be something, though. I've, I've said that a million and one times on this podcast and in the paper and to anybody that listened to me in the pub uh, when I'm out. But I, I'm an eternal optimist and I would be of the opinion that Mead can beat every team they can play, even when they play Dublin the Leinster final. Somewhere, yes, I, I think you did yeah, um, hint that they could win that Somewhere game, in right. the back of my head, I believed that they could. Um, but looking at Dublin, they're just an unbelievable outfit. And Dublin are streets and streets and streets ahead of everybody else. But I would give Mead a chance in all three games of the Super 8s. Yeah. I think against Donegal, we have their number. I think we know what they're capable of. They know what we're capable of. Okay, Dublin, Donegal are a different outfit now to the teams that we faced in the league be, simply because Paddy McBrearty is back. Well, well, well Mike Mion Murphy was the, was the difference between the teams, I would suggest, yeah. in the league final. Uh, well, Michael Murphy, yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he, he, he was a big difference to them, all right. Uh, and Paddy McBrearty being back gives them that extra firepower and inspiration that they, they didn't really have. And I know when we played them up in Bally Buffet in the, fir- in the second game of the league, um, there, there was a dark cloud over Donegal football at the time following the, the tragic car crash that was up there at that time of the year and so many young men that were involved in GA had lost their life so I'm not 100% sure how focused they were on football that night but they still managed to squeeze out the win but Mead rattled them mm. in Crow Park again. Well, it was again. only one point, was it? Yeah, uh, except, one or two points. W- exceptional point by Paddy McBrearty, uh, wasn't it? Was it? Uh, got, no, no. No, it, okay. was a, it was a mistake, uh, an Andy Colgan mistake. Um, oh, sorry, the league. Yes, sorry, yeah, the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then in the, in, yeah. the, in the league final then in Crow Park, Mead got off to yeah. a great start in that game. Mickey Newman yeah. was on fire in the first yeah. 20 minutes. What a, no, what I, a performance. I'm thinking back to the last time we played We played them in the championship. Yeah, the qualifier in 2014, yeah. Yeah, with pa- Paddy McBeardy uh, stepping forward to score the winning point. Yeah, but, brilliant I mean, that game was very close right to the yeah. end. Like, And that's and uh, that's why I believe <clears throat> we have Donegal's number. Now, Donegal were probably... Mead were probably in championship mode throughout the league. And they needed to be because one of their focuses was get promotion from Division 2 into Division 1. So Mead needed to be at championship fever, really, in the league to secure that. Donegal were still preparing. Donegal in league mode were good enough to get out of league mode. Mead needed to be in championship mode to get out of the league. So mm. I think Donegal have improved and have kicked on. I think Mead are at a similar level um, now as they were in the league. But I'm afraid Donegal might have kicked on. But as I said, and I've said it now a couple of times, I think Mead have their number. It, it could, a lot of it could come down to matchups. Um Somebody do a job on Michael Murphy. I think Porrick Harnan has come in at centre back and our mm, half back. What an addition to the so team he is. Himself and Donald Keoghan last Brilliant. Sunday yeah, were yeah. just phenomenal. I mean, we were talking about all star p- potential here, yeah. you know, but that's yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly nominees, yeah. Two boys bombing forward were just unbelievable. And and if if they do that again and with the same uh tenacity and, and ferociousness going forward and and insistence on getting back and helping out to the defence. They're going to ask Michael Murphy to do a job that he's not all that familiar with. Whereas if Park Harnan's going to be marking Michael Murphy, Michael Murphy's going to have to spend a lot of time on the back foot tracking back after Park Harnan. We'd see how much of an influence then he can have then. Obviously, they've got other superstars in Ryan McHugh, Owen Bon Gallagher, Paddy McBrearty. You know, he could go on about Donegal mm. And, mm. and all the outstanding players to have. But, uh, we're starting to develop a few outstanding players ourselves and... When you look at the performance of James Conlon last Sunday, it was outstanding, kicked three points from play as well. Uh, he admitted himself that he was disappointed with his display against Dublin. 
but he's followed on his his fledgling career. He he just enhanced it again on Sunday. Um, Mickey Newman hopefully will be okay. Took an awful knock when he, he did, scored that goal. He? Yeah, 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 really. Yeah. It was a leg breaker yeah. that, uh, yeah. and he got a nudge. Bang you know, and that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He got a little nudge, a little shove in the back, mm. and we know what happens when you tackle a player that's in the air in rugby is a red card. But there was no mention of it. I'm not suggesting for a minute the Clare fullback should have got a red card, but it was dangerous. Yeah, it was. Mickey Newman yeah. was jumping up to contest the ball high, unchallenged in the air, and the Clare player pushed him in the back and mm. nudged him into the post. It was very, very dangerous. Hopefully, Mickey Newman will be all right. Um, as I said, the threat of Porrick Harnan and Donald Kyogen going forward is just immense. Killian O'Sullivan kind of only came into the game in the latter stages against Clare. He'll hope to kick on and improve on that. But that's a sign of a good team, isn't it? Where a team where one, if when one set of players aren't performing one week, others step up to the mark, and yeah. you need that, don't well, you? That's and a Ben Brennan didn't perform to the best of his abilities against Dublin and uh, and missed out. Was was dropped for Sunday, but then came in. And kicked a lovely point and was was fairly influential when he came in. Then you know, so he's going to put his has put his hand back up to Andy McEntee again and say, you know what, I like a lot of my colleagues had a bad day against Dublin, but I'm back in well, the mix. That, here. Yeah, well, that's what you need. But I mean, free taking is an issue still, though. We we need a steady, reliable, consistent free taker. Hopefully, uh, Ben Brennan, you know, will become that. Uh, and he certainly he saw in shine signs that he can. Yeah. Uh, although, okay, he had it. It was a bit. Um, Uncertain for him against Dublin, he missed a few chances. Well, but Ben kicks the freeze from the right hand side, yeah, left yeah. foot kicker, so, so he, he tends to be the accurate free taker from the right hand side. But Shane Walsh, who came on um, for his first ever appearance at, yeah, at any was, shape or form for for the Mead seniors, uh, neither uh, on the that came Cup right right out of left field, sub. didn't it? Well, we knew yeah, he, I know he's we knew he was involved, player. and he didn't get involved with the under twenties because he was doing his leaving cert, mm. and uh, Andy McEntee you know, showed him a certain amount of uh, of leeway and letting him, you know, get the leaving cert out of the way, then brought him in. And he trusted him to go in there. And he said it to him himself, you know, how do you feel about kicking the freeze when you go in here? Shane Walsh, 18 years of age. Yeah, no bother, I'll do that. Went in, within five minutes, meter awarded a free and he stuck it over the bar. Brilliant. It was well, a we, crucial score. Well, we may, we may have found uh, a solution to our free taking from the left-hand side or whatever. So if uh, we may have found a solution, that would be brilliant. It's a huge responsibility, and it takes it's a certain temperament. And uh, yeah, you, uh, you well, we have a problem with free taking. We still have well, Mickey Newman, who's uh, yeah, the, yeah. But well, we we had against Dublin, though. That's what I'm saying, uh, Fergal. We we did, you know, we yeah. That convert. was from the right hand side, yeah, mm. where where Ben Brennan missed three kicks, I think, from the right hand side, and and you know. Just not everything went right against Dublin. I wouldn't no, be using yeah. the Dublin performance as our template. Uh, as I said earlier on, it was the exception yeah, rather well, than the yeah, norm. Yeah, we're playing the best team you know, that was probably ever. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Some of the chances we missed on those days yeah. uh, weren't, weren't good enough either. But I think Mickey Newman scored 1-6, was it, before he went off on Sunday? Uh, and that was with 15, 20 minutes to play. He could have easily ended up with one ten. Okay. Uh, which would have been an unbelievable return. Uh, he he was on fire, and I don't think we have a problem with a reliable free taker. He's one of the most reliable free takers in the country, uh, so I, I don't think we have that problem. Uh, but it's good to know that you have back up there that Ben Brennan is capable of kicking them. And that now Shane Wal- Walsh no, is well no, capable Walsh, of coming yeah. in and kicking them. Um, Killian O'Sullivan is also a decent free taker. James Conlon knows where the posts are as well. So we have Graham Riley as well able to kick frees as well when he has to. Mm. We have plenty of free takers, so. I wouldn't be worried on, on that front. Um, 
my concern about any of the games in the Super 8s is the way we turned over the ball against Clare. How we got turned over we, and some of the decision making and some sloppy passing at times. We need to tighten up on that in these Super 8s. But this is where you're going to learn. This, this is, is where you go into these games and you realise, you know what? The split second that we had in Division 2 or the split second that we had in the Leinster Championship games, that's gone now. Mm. You well, don't have Division that split one second. Division 1 would give us that too. Yeah. So, listen, Fergal, uh, based on your eternal optimism, uh, you think Mead can win on, on Saturday, on Sunday? Uh, <laughs> I do, I uh, do. Up in Bally Buffet. I do. And there'll be a huge amount of uh, Mead supporters travelling up and da- up to that. Yeah, So I what do. a start it would be, because if you lose your first match in the, in the Super 8, you're really on the back foot. You're really struggling from then on in. Well, it's going to be such a tight group with Mayo and Kerry in there as well, that you know, even if you lose your first game, if you can pick up wins against Mayo and Kerry, that's sounds an awful lot easier said than done I know but I think we have a little bit of an Indian sign over Mayo in Crow Park last time we played them was did we play them in 29 quarter final the 2009 quarter final or the 2007 quarter final I'm not 100% yeah, sure to, uh, yeah. and, and we beat them that was a shock that time for me to go out and beat yeah, Mayo yeah, in the yeah. quarter finals I think, that time I think O'Shea made one of the O'Shea's made those, I was talking to them after that game yeah, but the, you know, so I think we have a, a little bit of. I know, it's, I know, it's a long time. It's ten years, and history means nothing. But it's amazing how a little bit of doubt can creep into a team's mind. Like you could see Mayo last week against Galway, there was no doubt in their mind that they were going to beat. But they might have a little doubt in the back of the mind, going, "Jesus, Mead, Mead are a tricky team for us." And then Kerry coming up to Navan. Well, we, what we, a day that's going to be in Park Town. If we packed, can make that a cauldron packed, up there, if we yeah. can fill the streets before the game. And make it a hostile. Now, by hostile, I mean in a friendly sort of a hostile way. But make it uncomfortable for Kerry coming up. Make them hear the noise. Don't let them, when they try to make their calls during the game and communicate with each other, we need to drown them out. We, we, well, it I, needs I, to be loud. I think if we can, if, if we can uh, make the most of their defensive frailties, yeah. Fergal, they, they undoubtedly have. You know, and we talk about the mead attack and how they, they, on their day they can be brilliant in moving the ball and switching yeah, the ball pace, and, and pace, finding pace, gaps yeah. through through opposition defences. So if they can do that against Kerry, you know, we, we've we've a decent chance in that game. And uh, it, that's the last game. So, um, you know, hopefully... Isn't, isn't it great to be talking about these games? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, fairness, you know, to the... Uh, Andy McNamee Mead management they have done very well you know the Division 1 to get into Super 8s they've done very well and what uh, a leg up the, these three games are going to give us ahead of the Division 1 next year so like if we had been beaten last Sunday that was it you would have been our next game would have been the end of January beginning of February against it could be Dublin in yeah. Crow Park and you would have had six months of a gap with nothing no yeah, football. But that's been the way of the last few years. Yeah. Now so whereas now you're getting games against Donegal, Mayo, and Kerry before we play our first round of the league. Yeah. Like that's a phenomenal leg up, and it's where Mead football needs to be, and especially for lads like Donald Keoghan, Brian Menton, Mickey Newman, who need to be displaying their skills on the bigger stage. Well, they, 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 yeah. Well, they can perform. Parry Cannon, we talk about, and Donald Keoghan there. Uh, Conor uh, McGill uh, to me is know, one of the best fullbacks in the country. Yeah. Yeah, and um, now he has a chance to prove well, it. And he will improve all the time with these games. Yeah. And but the younger players as well. I mean, they, what what will they learn? You know, and that's uh, it's a huge learning curve for them. But they can they can advance so much in their careers because of this. Well, when so, you think so, when you think younger players in of the past when they came on broke onto the mid team first, your Darren Fays, uh, Mark O'Reilly's, Paddy Reynolds, Trevor Giles, Barry Cannons, they only ever competed against the best. 
And they formed reputations on that and went on and won all Ireland's and Graham Garrity and all these boys. They formed reputations because they were able to play. Well, they were in the, the limelight, best. yeah. They were in the limelight. They performed against the best. They proved they could hold their own against the best players in the country. And no disrespect to the teams that Mead have played in and out in Division in Division 2. Okay, we played Division 1 teams in Division 2, if you know what I mean, mm. in terms of teams that got promoted to Division 1 and relegated from Division 1. But we were also playing a lot of crap games against teams from Division 3 that it's very hard to motivate yourself. With no problem in motivation Well, now. there won't have any motivation now. The next co- Any problem with motivation next few weeks. Uh, plenty to look forward, great deal to look forward to from Meade's Mead supporters. Uh, so get your flags out. And that's what I'd love to, I'd love to see more flags out outside houses. I remember, yeah. you know, we, we talk about the good old days there, Fergal, and we'll talk about them again. But, um, you know, you don't see any flags out there yet. I'm not Very sure if, few, they, yeah. if supporters can uh, really believe in this team yet. But look, get the flags out there and show up. Uh, that's what I was saying about when Kerry come to Navin, we have to make this town. Like, do you do you remember the scenes? And I know you probably don't, but remember the scenes around Anfield when Liverpool went on that run to the Champions League final oh, last yeah. season, last season, not this season, not, the, not not last season, and the flares were going off, and it was so it was so red hot the atmosphere. It intimidated the opposition coming into the town. Now, unfortunately, when Kerry come to Navin, if they see green and gold flags all over the place, they're probably going to think they're driving into Killarney or Tralee. Yeah. So it'll look as if there's green and <laughs> a gold welcome, flags. A welcome, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. But if we start making noise and roaring and bawling and, and, and let's get our songs going again, let's get the supporters behind this team because not only will that put you know a little bit of a... a a worm in the year the Kerry boys it'll also give the Mead, sub- Mead players a huge boost to know that the whole county are behind them it's, it really is great to be looking forward to football playing football into August this year it's brilliant great stuff great stuff uh, but there's lots of other stuff going on Fergal and the Wells at, at the weekend we had the hurling uh, we returned to the hurling championship next round for a couple of for many teams uh, second round uh, you were at a couple of games. I was only at the one. Oh, only uh, one, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, you were on holidays. Yeah, I forgot about that. As yeah, you yeah, said, yeah, I was yeah. on holidays, so I yeah, came yeah, back to the yeah. me game on Sunday. <laughs> and I was at the Champions Kiltail and Longwood last night in Ratmaline. Gee, wow, what a pitch in Ratmaline. Yeah. Unbelievable. What a surface. Yeah. Uh, huge credit to Terry Perry out Perl, there yeah, in Ratmaline. And I know. It's like a snooker table. It's, it's unbelievable. It's so good. Such a good pitch. Um, I, I know we rave about the pitch in Partolchen and we rave about the surface in Trim and, and a few of the other places as well. What great pitches they are, but it really is like a snooker table, as you said, like a carpet out in, in Ratmaline. It's a if you can't play good hurling out there, then you've no chance. And credit to Kiltail and Longwood last night, they certainly played good hurling. It was enjoyable. Kiltail came out with a twenty points to seventeen point victory. In right. the end, which was tight, considering mm. Longwood had been well beaten by Killine in the first round, and Kiltail had hammered. Uh, were they no, not well beaten? No, no, no. It was, no, it was the, uh, Longwood, up, Longwood had shocked Killine in the in the first round. Oh, uh, had they right? Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, 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 yeah. The one, the one by a point. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, there might be an error in the report <laughs> in this week's Meat Chronicle on that game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I get for going on holidays, isn't it? But um, yeah, but Kil- it was more Kiltail hammering Kildaki in the first round, which was giving us the impression that um, Kiltail would hammer Longwood last night. And at 12 points to four at halftime to Kiltail, it certainly looked as if that was going to be the case. But um, Longwood came out and were brilliant in the second half. I had it down to two points in injury time. Mm. Uh, and it took a, a free 
from his own 45 from Jack Regan to extend Kiltail's lead back out to three again and, and they held on and won so they're up and running with two from two yeah um, I, I was I was at um, a couple of games there the weekend one match there was Kildalki and Retort uh, <clears throat> excuse me on Friday evening that was a, that was a brilliant game Kildalki and Retort it was an excellent match now Retort led for most of the way you know and uh, They've got a couple of McGowns there, Hanrahan's as well, Porrick and Sean, you know, and they've a very, very good team. They got to the semi-final last year. They've an excellent team, but um, it's they were just caught at the end there. Young Nicky Potterton, you've seen him play further. Yeah, well, he's a brilliant play with me. Yeah, he's great yeah. He, he, uh, Kildaki produced put together this brilliant move at the end. Uh, young Nicky Potter was very much involved in that. He scored a couple of very of very good late points as well. Evan Fitzgerald, a brilliant goal. Another young player, really a, a great prospect for the future. He scored a brilliant goal as well that turned the tables for Kildaki and uh, to beat. Uh, Retort and they're they're back on course as it were, you know. So, yeah, and uh, <coughs> was the third game then in in Group A would have been who killed or Dumboyne? Did they? Oh no, that's on tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dumboyne are playing tonight. Actually, yeah, uh, tonight being Tuesday. In case anybody is uh, tuning in on Wednesday and thinks that that game is tonight, but uh, Dumboyne are playing tonight in the third game in that group. Um, yeah. Should be a good one as well. They're playing Killine, I think, in trim. Yeah, I was at so, a group B, uh, group B match, uh, Blackhall Gales against Navan and Mahalis. Blackhall won that, you know. So um, Blackhall won that. Uh, they were they played very impressively. Now um, they lost their previous game against Nafina to a controversial point, you know. And the referee, you know, this, of course, all this adds to the drama of any sporting occasion. But uh, they already the point had been waved wide by one umpire, but it was given in the end. Uh, and they uh, conceded a goal as well. The Mahanis were sort of a little bit uh, annoyed. Well, little is an understatement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the goal, what looked like a goal, was given as a point uh, in the end, you know, and the referee um, consulted his umpires again, you know, the, in, for that match. And anyway, it ended up, now, I would think Blackhall still played better hurling deserve to win yeah and I think uh, one of the other games then that me Chronicle Sports Editor Colin Collier was at the uh, the game between uh, Boards Mill and Trim I think Trim had a comfortable enough victory in that as well with a couple of goals from Alan Douglas um, had, but probably one of the results another result in that group as well uh, the me Chronicle Sports Editor Colin Collier was at that one as well with a uh, it was Kilmessen losing to Nafina last night, which really, off the back of their first round loss to Trim, really puts Kilmessen in trouble, doesn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? See yeah. it you know, we talk about uh, how clubs have uh, glory days and so on, but it's um, the decline and fall of Kilmessen Hurling Club. Uh, that's a real story here, Fergal, you know. And yeah, they have massive they games now coming up against Boards Mill, Blackhall Gales, which and they might struggle. Manis, which the, they need to get. probably. Beat Navna, I would suggest to beat Navna Mahnies, but I mean, uh, morale. And can you can see Navna Mahnies picking up a win down anywhere? Um, Probably not. Well, you know, they, they could produce a performance now. They just didn't get going. Uh, it took them a while to get going against Blackhall. They were they were well down, you know, before they uh, really got moving. And, yeah. um, um, you know, so they just need to start games a bit quicker and sharper. So, I, I, so wouldn't, I wouldn't put would it, certainly wouldn't put it beyond getting a, a win or two so even, you know, but... Kermesson will probably identify the game against Navin and Matinees as the one that they'll need to win 
to maintain their senior status. That is an unbelievable well, statement. Well, I, I would say they would they would identify any of the games they've left. They the three games they've yeah, left. But, or, uh, but as uh, most winnable on, on the performances so far, Blackhall Gales and Boards Mill are, are decent sides and yeah. on Kilmesson's performances so far, you might struggle to see them get the wins in those two yeah, games. Yeah, well, what's happening out there in Kilmesson? You know, this, this great uh, club with such a tradition. Uh, you, look at, you look at men like, I know Shane Brennan hasn't been there since he's been gone since Christy Ring Cup. Players like Shane Brennan, Darren Riley, uh, Joey Keena, Kevin Keena. Names that roll off your tongue when you're talking about the aristocrats of Mead Hurland. And that's not even mentioned the greatest of them all. Yeah, Stephen Clinch. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, I know when Colin Collier was talking about him in, in his match report uh, today, he says if Kilmesson had had 15 Stephen Clinches, well, I suppose if any team had 15 Stephen Clinches, they'd be, they'd be world beaters. But if they had a few more Stephen Clinches, Kilmesson wouldn't be in the bother they're in. But... Look at that's where uh, they are. Uh, we're not sure. Stephen when. was one of these players who could have played in any team in any uh, yeah in any part. Absolutely, of the, yeah. We've a few uh, of them in the county, the country, you know, down through the years. But yeah. he's definitely one of the greatest we, we've ever produced. Um, we're not sure when the third round of hurling championship is on, are we? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't seen any fixtures for them just yet. No, so yeah. So we do. Just um, th- there were other games on at the weekend as well. Of course, the Meat Camogie team. Continuing to find life in the senior Camogie Championship, difficult lost five nine to eleven to Waterford in Partholchen. Uh, that was on Sunday as well. While while the footballers were below in in Portleach taking on Clare, uh, again and probably another brave enough performance um, against a more established senior county like Waterford, but conceding five goals, I think it was four in the first half. Yeah, um, left them with an uphill mountain to climb. Yeah, they all they had made of such a bright side. I mean, they they have put up some battling performances um, in in their campaign. Okay, they're still looking for that win, but uh, you know, hopefully, it looks like they they're going to a playoff now. And yeah, the Mead Ladies know. footballers then they're they're out in All Ireland qualifier action uh, this Sunday. So the way that the Ladies Championship works is after the provincial championships are done, um, it now divides up into four groups. So Mead are in a group with, uh, God, I'll, I'll only be guessing here, but I know it's they're playing Tipperary on Sunday Tipperary. in Ardfinnan. Starting with Tipperary. Starting with Tipperary yeah, yeah. in Ardfinnan. Then they have games against Wicklow and Longford yeah. to come in the next two rounds as well. Um, but that'll be a tough start. Tipperary are everybody's favourites for the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. And it will be a tough start for Mead ladies in that, especially bouncing back... Um, from the Leinster final defeat to Wexford, which was disappointing, they didn't didn't produce anywhere near what they're capable of. Um, but hopefully they'll be able to do like their their male counterparts did and bounce back from a disappointing Leinster final and be able to get that. And maybe the under sixteens can get the week off to a good a good start. They're playing uh, Cavan in the All Ireland under sixteen semi final. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night in Dunamoyne in Monaghan at seven o'clock as well. Right, so lots on, lots on. It's not just a, about uh, me playing Donegal. Obviously, that'll be the main focus for the weekend, Fergal. But there's lots of other action on, and uh, what you know. So one thing, another uh, um, game we should keep in mind of, of course, is Dundalk playing Riga on Wednesday night yeah, in plenty the of meat interest in, uh, that, in yeah. the Champions League. You know, we've got Gary Rogers. Gary, uh, Gary's chasing actually a, a unique record in League of Ireland football. Um, He's looking to uh, make his, we, we you know, Ali Cahill um, uh, and uh, Owen Heary are two players. They've played 41 times 
in European, in European competitions for Irish clubs for Irish clubs uh, Gary is is closing in on that very quickly uh, I think he's only two two games short to match that so if and he plays Wednesday night I think it's his 39th is it yes is that right? yeah, yeah. Uh, 39th or 40th uh, but um, he's very close in that um, I think he's only two behind and, and they have four they'll have at least four games in Europe you know, even if they're beaten by Riga, they'll move into the Europa League, and then they'll have another two games. So um, he's, he's he's it's a great opportunity for him to surpass that. Jamie McGrath, you would expect Gary and Jamie McGrath to to uh, both start in that game. And uh, from Appoy, yeah, yeah, Jamie from Appoy, of course, yes, and uh, he's he's a regular now with with Dundalk and really a talented young player. So that's uh, that's on at seven forty five. Um, it's on RT2 I think Fergal yeah, is I think it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. qualifier uh, against Riga yeah. so, so uh, we could watch into that and we could support uh, if, if not if it might be difficult to get a ticket for that but look at plenty of action on uh, uh, Dundalk as I say Wednesday night uh, but the weekend then it turns the focus turns to the GA. so you've been listening to Talk A Good Game um, we we um, we have lots more to talk about next week and we shall see how me do against Sonny Gall. So I would thank you, Fergal, for talking no to problem, us here. Jimmy, thank you. And tune in next week to talk a good game. Say eat my girl, eat my girl.